For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, your guide to the ever-changing world of social media. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Talk Show, a Social Media Examiner production. I'm Eric Fisher. My co-host today is Grace Stuffy. This is the show for marketers looking to stay on the leading edge of social media. We bring you expert opinions about the relevant social media news and how it impacts you. On today's show, we will be exploring Facebook ad manager updates, new ad bidding strategies, and inventory filters. Our special guests include Charlie Lawrence and Amanda Robinson. This show is brought to you by the Social Media Marketing Society. It is open. The doors are open. The society is where you can go to get the confidence to succeed at your marketing job and join thousands of peers to receive ongoing training, support from pros, and access to a community of supporting marketers who understand your struggle. So let's introduce our guest. We've got Amanda Robinson, who is the founder of The Digital Gal and a digital nomad. You can find out more about her at thedigitalgal.com. You can also find her latest post on today's topic, Facebook Ads Manager Updates 2019, new features for marketers to get excited about. It's on her site at The Digital Gal. We'll be dropping the links into the live post. And then we also have here Charlie Lawrence, who is the CEO and founder of Gecko Squared. Is that how you say Gecko yeah, Squared? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Nailed You're going to have to tell me where that name came from. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's an there's a interesting story behind it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, this it is a digital marketing agency that specializes in Facebook advertising. So today we have a ton of Facebook news. So we definitely wanted to uh, get both of you guys on. Um, uh, Charlie's company has released, it's a new video training, correct? On the, yes. Called the All yeah, yeah. Framework Guide to Facebook Advertising Strategy. We'll be dropping mm-hmm. that link in the chat. And then you can also check out Charlie's latest article on Social Media Examiner, How to Create mm-hmm. Facebook Reach Ads. So we will also be linking to that as well. So thank you guys and welcome to the show. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for awesome. having us. I am thrilled to be here. Uh, my name is Amanda Robinson. I am the digital gal. I'm here in St. Louis on the heels of um, MDMC, the Mid- Midwest Digital Marketing Conference. And I am a digital nomad. So I have no fixed address. I travel Canada and the United States. And I'm flying back to Canada tomorrow to grab my car, my dog, and continue road tripping across Canada. Oh, and I'm also a Facebook ads expert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, oh, yeah. my, and also oh, yeah. I'm qualified to be here because. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what about you, Charlie? Uh, so uh, I'm Charlie Lawrence. I run a Facebook advertising agency. I'm based in the UK, so actually just outside Cardiff, which is in Wales. Um, and I'm not a digital nomad, uh, although I run a distributed agency. So we don't have you know centralized offices as such. Um, we run mainly a team in the UK. And yeah, I have been running Facebook ads for a, quite a long time, and obviously write for Social Media Examiner, which is awesome. 
And uh, I'd like to think I'm somewhat qualified to be here as well. <laughs> <laughs> according according to our head of editorial, uh, mm-hmm. Lisa, you you definitely are. She was like, hey, hey nice. you guys need to give Charlie a chance. In fact, you, you had just had an article come out uh, yes. earlier this week. And so we'll be linking to that, letting everybody oh, know about that awesome. as well. So yeah, and Amanda, you uh, earlier this week, this is why you were top of mind. It was like, hey, lots of Facebook ad stuff this week for the talk show. We just did an office hours. Yes. And you and Azrael Rats were basically the people who were most knowledgeable. I joked and said I was the court jester. You were the queen and he was the king. And I don't know what that makes Allie, but I'm not going to even go there. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Allie. Or, or you're yeah, welcome, I, I Allie. I don't know. I, I didn't mention that I am also a team member with the Social Media Marketing Society, and we have just opened the doors to the society. So if you are not a current society member, you need to be in there so that you can join in our society office hours where we talk lots of fun things, including Facebook ads. Yeah. So fun time. This, I mean, yeah, if, if you're in the society and you missed this, pe- this week's uh, open office hours from two days ago, um, lots of stuff that I think has nothing to do with anything we're talking about today specifically. This is all new stuff. That's all structure, strategy, planning, implementation, execution. So you got to check that out. Uh, in fact, I should probably just give you the, the URL real quick. Socialmediasociety.info. Uh, yeah, Absolutely. So we will apps. Thank you so much. So we will go into the first thing, which is Facebook improves ad manager and business manager. So Facebook announced some major changes to its two primary business tools, ad manager and business manager. And these are things that they've started rolling out and will continue to roll out through the rest of the year. So the first thing we'll get into is Facebook ads manager. So they're rolling out a simplified in a new simplified interface with new navigation features, a cleaner design, new campaign management experience. Uh, there's also going to be a new navigation bar, more space to manage ads and highlight tools and offer more insights into ad performance. They're also starting to roll out updates to the campaign creation experience and an auto naming feature. So those are set to roll out the rest of the year. So Take it away, guys. Tell us, like, what what are you excited about here? Okay, <laughs> so I am I am thrilled and excited about the whole thing. So apparently, the updates to Ads Manager are rolling out right now, and the updates coming for Business Manager will be coming sometime this year. But the Ads Manager updates. So I work with a lot of newbies, a lot of new folks who are just new into Facebook advertising, and there are so many different stumbling blocks when it comes to them getting comfortable within the Ads Manager interface. And some of those stumbling blocks, I feel like Facebook is finally hearing us, and they are finally giving us some of those tools to make it easier, including um, being able to have sort of a nested view of those campaigns and making life just a lot easier when it comes to duplicating out your campaigns and duplicating out your ad sets. So it's been, in my opinion, these changes are so needed. Um, Ads Manager is a bit of a beast. It has grown over time and it feels like they just keep clicking on Lego blocks of new features on top, but then it just (laughs) becomes this really heavy loaded beast. And now that they are making these updates, it's going to streamline a lot of the process. It's going to make it a lot easier for new advertisers and it's going to make it a lot faster for existing advertisers to be a little bit more nimble in how you create your ads, how you search for your ads. And it's, I'm really, really excited to see this. I think it is overdue. Have any of these features been rolled out to you yet, Charlie, in the UK? I know that there's often a difference. They usually roll out things in the US and then the UK. So the US normally gets it first and then we come in second. So we actually haven't um, got any of the new kind of interface yet. But really what Amanda said, it's just, it's going to help new advertisers so much to kind of simplify it because it is, you know, when you jump into Ads Manager for the first time, if you've never 
used it before, it can be really overwhelming. You know, you just get data views and then you get this huge menu with loads of different options. And you just have no idea where to start. So for new advertisers, it's going to be excellent. It's going to yeah. simplify it down. It's going to make it a lot easier to use. But then also for people who are in Ads Manager every day and are you know, spending you know, high budgets on Facebook, there's going to be a little adjustment period depending on you know, how kind of keen you are um, in Ads Manager. It could be a couple of hours, it could be a couple of days just to figure out where Facebook have moved things. But then again, after that, it's going to make your life easier. And two of the really interesting things that have come out of this uh, release is the copy and paste feature. Yes. So how I really want to know how that's going to change uh, compared to duplication. Because at the moment, you just duplicate either at the campaign level, asset level, or ad level. Mm -hmm. So you know, is it going to be is it going to be a bit like Google's copy and paste feature, where you don't it just goes straight you know ad to new ad. You don't have to, you know, say it, you want it in this ad set or in this campaign. It's just a lot simpler. That would be great. But then also, you know, with the auto naming, this is, a, again, yes. I think that's going to really yeah. help new advertisers. But I also hope there's an option for kind of, you know, the more experienced advertiser where you may have naming best practices, you know, that we use a lot at the agency. So, you know, uh, a client uh, account manager can go into any client account and, and easily navigate if there'll be an option to either turn it off, is it going to be default? We don't know just yet. Um, and you know, one great thing would be if you could create templates uh, for mm -hmm. naming conditions. That would be amazing because at the moment we just copy and paste and then make adjustments. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm really excited by these updates. I think the auto naming feature would be cool, especially when you're trying to do multiple retargeting ad sets and you've got all a lot a lot of little subsets that are. Uh, yeah. Similar, but different, right? So, well, and I, and I keep relating this back into the newbies because I, I do work with a lot of people who are brand new at Facebook. And when they just use whatever naming structure is default within Facebook, what I'm finding is that it makes your reporting completely useless. It is really? overwhelming and it's so difficult for you to actually look at the data and look at the results and understand what's happening at what level if you just go with the automatic naming features, naming structures that have already been in there. And so now I'm finding now I'm I'm very very excited about this feature because I think it's going to make it easier for new people trying to migrate into using Ads Manager and using Facebook Ads to mm -hmm. be able to actually see the results of their ads and have a better understanding of what's going on. And I think Absolutely. that's such it's such a key point to be able to understand, look back at those results, and then make improvements. Because when you don't do that, we we see it all the time. People are sitting there saying, "Facebook Ads didn't work for me." Ah, oh, yeah. I think this 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 one tiny yeah. little update to the naming yeah. structure, I think, yeah. is going to alleviate a small part of that. That's huge. And so, again, these features are starting to roll out. They'll be rolling out slowly, and then they in the update they said that it should be available to everyone by next year. So I don't know if that means by next year or before next year or <laughs> throughout the rest of the year. So we'll see. But the other thing that they uh, that they announced was changes to business manager. Now they did say this is not coming out till later in the year. And they're saying that it, these updates will make it easier and faster for agencies to activate their client campaigns on Facebook, a seamless process for agencies to upload new clients, a better way for agencies to manage clients' historical reporting, an easier way to assign and organize assets to people within your business manager account. So walk me through this. Like, are you yeah. just, I see, I see Amanda like cheering yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so I, I think that this is Facebook's very politically correct, polite way of saying our, our business manager is really difficult to use. And our business manager is really difficult to onboard new clients into. So those of us who use business manager and use it with clients, we know how to use it. But every time we have to get a new client into business manager on business manager or attach new assets, it's sort of that like, how difficult and rough is this process going to be? And you, you feel yeah. it, right? You, you're just, yeah. you, you don't really want to go through it once you get it done. Once everything's connected and fine, you're all set up and you're good to carry on. Life is fine. But it's, it's the setup process or even for, for new people creating their own business manager account that don't understand how business manager works within Facebook ads manager or within the Facebook environment, it's very confusing. So I, as much as that release, the notes in the release sound like they're making very specific improvements to certain areas. I think it's just a lot of language to say, yeah, we know it's a very difficult interface to use. And yes, we're finally hearing you. And yes, we're finally going to make it a little bit easier. There you go. Okay. Well, and then also how, how does this make your job easier, Charlie? Cause I know you run uh, an agency yeah. with multiple yeah. people, multiple, you know, multiple. Yeah. I mean, and so it's not just you know, it's not just you and the client, it's you and the client and like, you know, yes. yeah, well, I remember, no, I remember well from my agency days, what that was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing. Um, I think from the client perspective, because it's literally the first activity you do when you onboard a new client is to obviously get access. And, you know, you've got this client that's super excited to work with you. And the last thing you want to have is this like a stressful first process or interaction with your agency of, okay, I've got to tell you how to, if they haven't got business manager, for example, and they are just running it either in-house or on their own uh, link to a personal ad account, you've got to, you know, we've got to send them instructions on how to set up business manager, how to link ad accounts, Facebook pages, and then we request access to their assets. Um, so to their ad account, to their Facebook page, but it, Facebook have said it's going to be this seamless process. So I, they haven't really gone much further than that. I'm fingers crossed. Yes, it is going to be seamless and a lot easier because at the moment there is there are some complexities to it. One thing I would absolutely love if they could do this was um, is basically when you request access to a page, you do so by searching for that page. But when you access when you request access to an ad account, you have to they have to provide you their ad account ID or you have to provide them your business manager ID. But I'd love a search feature for ad accounts and not just pages or even make it an additional because pages are, are most often linked to ad accounts that are going to be obviously advertising uh, from that page. Have an option that says you're requesting page access. Do you want to also request account access at the same time? And it's just going to make everyone's life easier. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know how they're building out this process, but that's an absolute dream scenario uh, mm -hmm. for me. Um, but again, we'll just see, you know, what the release is like, because as Amanda said, you know, the notes aren't super detailed at the moment, but um, we'll just have to find out what this seamless process actually is. It does make me laugh, Charlie, when you're saying provide the client with instructions on how to, you know, how to get them. I'm like, so basically you're providing like a flight manual? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's literally like, do this, follow this link, here are support yeah. documents if you need help. We jump on the phone and onboard them if they need the help as well. And so... Yeah. Yeah, it's it is it's literally we've got scripts basically for it of this is how you onboard a client. It's part of the SOPs we write so that um, you know we've got it down to a process now, and uh, and then everyone figures it out eventually. But there there can be some issues that come up, and you know, particularly if someone's not super kind of tech savvy in terms because business manager is even probably more confusing than ads manager. 
I don't want to scare people off of business manager though, as much as we're, as much as we're making a big deal over, it's very difficult and it's challenging and it's hard. Once, once you do get yourself into business manager, and I think you really do need to be there to access the full suite of audiences that you can have. Mm. Uh, But once you do get yourself into business manager, it is, it is a seamless experience after that. And I think it it is a really, really good, powerful tool. And I know a lot of marketers are kind of shying away from it. If you haven't (laughs) moved yourself in there yet, it is time to start getting, it is 2019. It is time to start getting familiar. Facebook business. Business manager is not going away, and nope. it's absolutely time to get yourself in there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and so, so I want, and I want to remember, uh, remind, sorry, uh, people that when we as social media lost our page, even it, it happened to us, it can happen to anybody. One of the few things that was, you know, we were told was if we had been business manager at the time, and this was like four years ago plus, then we would have been much more quickly able to have recovered that page through back channel with Facebook because of being inside of business manager. I had a, I had a small so, mini freak out yesterday. I had my account compromised and I lost all access to Facebook and messenger. Right. And I had that moment of like, ah, so I had to go through all of the whole security protocols to get yeah. access back in. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad mm-hmm. that there are security protocols in place. And Eric's point, mm-hmm. if you're not using business manager, it's time. There are many yeah. layers of reasons why you should. One other side note I want to hear is keep in mind that we are just under two weeks away Facebook's FA conference. And so there's a lot more Facebook news that is coming. So it's kind of interesting to me that they're making these, quote, minor announcements about major marketing tools right now so they can kind of clear the deck in order to not have to really talk about them at F8. Yeah, absolutely. And that yeah. just makes my, my stomach turn right now. It's like, wait, so <laughs> this is just like the tip of the iceberg and we're going to have so many more changes. The changes are needed. It's really yeah. good. But, yeah. but for yeah, us definitely. for us marketers, keeping other marketers up to date, it's mm-hmm. it's like drinking water from a fire hose. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I want to slide into the next bit of advertising news. So Facebook, Facebook introduced a new cost cap bidding strategy for ads. And already that's 15 more words than I can latch on to you right now. (laughs) So I'm just going to read it very literally. So Facebook introduced this new bidding bidding strategy, which gives Facebook advertisers a third bidding option. There are two others uh, beyond bidding strategies focused on conversion volume and cost predictability. Uh, This new cost cap bidding strategy maximizes both cost efficiency and results. Uh, Facebook heard from businesses that in order to achieve certain campaign goals, it would be helpful to have this bidding option for both cost controls and drive volume. So my question to Amanda and Charlie is, don't we all want volume and cost predictability? Like, I can't imagine being like, you know what? I really want to spend a lot of money and not get a lot yeah. of results. So tell talk us through, like, what is this? And what are the, well, first of all, I guess, what are the other two? Right. Yeah. So there's a uh, target cap and bid cap or target yeah. cost and then target bid cap. And, bid and then yeah. what does this, what is this? What is this part? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, there's, there's lowest cost, which is automatic bidding basically. And then there's, as you said, there's bid cap um, and then there's target cost. And obviously this new one, which is cost cap. So it's all, there's a lot of cost and bids. It's all getting a little bit confusing because there's now four, um, but basically you know, bid cap is where, just to talk through the, the existing ones, so lowest okay. cost is automatic bidding. It's what, you know, we run 90% of all campaigns on because it does, Facebook's algorithm is getting so much smarter and it does just nine times out of 10 when you're, unless you're spending tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars or pounds a month, you don't need to segment into the manual bidding 
yet. Um, and so you've got lowest cost. You've then got bid cap, which is essentially where you um, have a cost control, but it's not the cost that you actually pay. So it's not your cost per result. It's a bid that um, you say to Facebook, this is how much I want you to bid for this particular action. Uh, and they won't bid any more. Um, and they, uh, you set a max bid, basically. So, But the issue here is that a bid is different to your cost per results. And one of the manual bidding strategies that we use a lot is if you want to outcompete people, you know your cost per acquisition and you often bid multiple times your cost per acquisition so that um, you can get the best, you can be in front of the best audiences and win the best auctions, essentially. But that there's an issue there in the um if you if you run this strategy, your cost can kind of increase over time. Uh if you don't basically, um, if, if you're getting outbid, essentially, uh, and then Facebook saturates all those really quick winning, easy win conversions. So you know, that's bid. You then have target cost. We've never really found that to be that effective. Uh, it almost has the opposite effect from bid where you just, Facebook sticks you at a, a fixed cost and then you don't really move from there. So as you scale, um, you don't get any of the easy lower cost conversions because you've said to Facebook, I just want this cost and that's all they'll give you. But this cost cap is kind of, I see it as merging all, almost all the other bidding strategies together. So it's trying to balance cost. So you get kind of the lowest cost, but you set a maximum cost per acquisition. So the maximum you're willing to pay for a purchase, for example. Uh, but then you also get the volume in there, which allows you to scale. That's kind of my two cents on what it is uh, from from the results and and mm -hmm. what I think of it. I'll let I'll let Amanda jump in um, to give her yeah. to give her I, opinion on it. You you explained it beautifully, and I don't have a ton of experience when it comes to working with the higher volumes. Um, what I find, I, I find that this is this is a move by Facebook to let you have your cake and eat it too, rather than before. You know, you had to pick one or the other, and mm -hmm. now I find like. The, Again, I just feel like Facebook is hearing the challenges of advertisers. They're hearing us and they're starting to make adjustments that will make it a little bit easier. Plus, when it comes to what inventory is available and the cost behind it and the, the cost volatility that has happened with ads, um, yeah. I think another bidding strategy is going to be another effective tool for us advertisers to try to level out and level out our ad costs and find better strategies to make it work for us and our clients. Yeah. Yeah, one, one thing I'd like to add on that is actually I want to, because obviously we haven't tested this yet, we haven't got access to it at the moment, but I want to know if we'll experience something similar that can be a negative of bid capping, uh, where it's if you bid too low, but in this case, if your target cost per acquisition is too low compared to your competitors, you often don't get any reach on your campaigns. And so mm -hmm. I think that's going to probably cause a shift for people to you know evaluate short-term return on ad spend uh because obviously facebook from a purchase perspective only tracks your first purchase values it doesn't mm -hmm. track subsequent purchases or doesn't track your lifetime value so i think again for um measuring your return on ad spend i think it's going to be this case of you're going to have to maybe forego shorter term return on ad spend if you've got to increase your maximum 
cost per acquisition to be competitive in auctions and look at that lifetime value. It's the classic thing of whoever can pay the most for the customer ultimately wins. Um, mm -hmm. If they're looking at that longer term kind of true return on ad spend that we call it. Well, Facebook said that the this cost cap will be rolling out to all advertisers throughout the rest of the year. So it doesn't look like it's available to anyone right now or no. that many people right now. So we'll be seeing more of this. And as you go along each of these each of these bidding strategies, you can adjust as the size of your audience adjusts, right? Or is it set? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you'll be able so, to adjust it. Um, it. Again, it's going to just be interesting when Facebook switches all of the budget to the campaign level, when they introduce yeah. um, campaign September. budget optimization in September by default. Again, it's it's your bidding's probably going to change a bit because you're setting budgets at campaign level and not the ad set level. So we'll see what the impact of that is. On, I, I still feel like that. I, I feel like all of these other things that are changing, all the other improvements that are coming in, are going to be an enhancement. I feel like that mm -hmm. change is going to be require more of an adjustment from how we structure our campaigns, yeah. now, from, yeah, from how definitely. we strategize our budgeting. It's just going mm -hmm. to change how we lay out our campaigns. Will so I think all of these changes are fantastic. That's yeah. the one change that I'm not <laughs> looking forward to in September. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. So I want to remind all of our listeners, podcast or on the live show, that all of these links and details and notes on all these news items, I know we just threw a bunch of information at you. It will be available on the Saturday article on the Social Media Examiner site. You'll have all the resources. And uh, I think Facebook released guides on each of these things. So they released a guide on the uh, cost cap bidding. They also released a guide on the upcoming improvements to ad manager and business manager. And so we will have that. For you. Awesome. Uh, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about was Facebook implemented new rules and processes to stop the spread of harmful content on its site. So it's a little it's it's kind of been their ongoing thing for the last year and a half. Like, what yeah. are we going to do? But we want to drill down on uh, three very specific things. So uh, in the newsfeed, they're introducing a new metric called the click gap metric. So this is Facebook's attempt to spot websites that are disproportionate, disproportionately popular on Facebook compared to the rest of the web. So we look at this as the reason to not build all of your content just on Facebook, but to build it as strongly off of Facebook. And so this is all part of their uh, initiative to use more data to decide uh, the quality of the links, you know, and expanding third-party fact-checking trust indicators. So I guess given this news, what would you advise clients? So just to kind of recap what this what this means is that if you have an article that is clicking to your website, going around Facebook, and it is getting way more action and way more activity on Facebook in high volumes compared to across the rest of the web, is it, you know, where are those clicks coming from out externally outside of Facebook? Is it just being locked into this little silo of this little excitement that's happening from within Facebook, but it's not relevant to the rest of the world and nothing's actually happening in the rest of the world. So it has a risk of basically not becoming fake news or not is fake news, but it can it can really gain a lot of momentum and a lot of steam within the Facebook environment. And if that doesn't match to the same momentum and steam that it's getting outside of the Facebook environment, then Facebook is starting to recognize that as a gap, that maybe this content isn't as important as the algorithm is seeing it as right now. And this is a, this is a measure to try to level this out. So what I would advise to clients is that don't just put all of your eggs in the Facebook basket, as we <laughs> say all the time. Um, yep. But you need to be you need to have a multi multi uh, pronged approach at promoting your content. So you definitely want to have your content 
shared throughout Facebook, but you also want to have it searchable and found on other mediums as well. Um, one of the things I wanted to point out, you guys have heard about these things called Instagram pods, right? Where it's basically a group of people that will then, hey, I'll share your thing and your thing and your mm-hmm. thing and you share my thing and we'll all get together and we'll like, you know, uh, artificially inflate the, you know, uh, importance and or visibility, visibility of our content. This is another reason why that is not a good idea to do over there or even here on Facebook, because that's where that artificial inflation is going to ding you. Whereas outside of Facebook, uh, so so in other words, maybe it's not it's not not a bad idea to have a community that shares your stuff and is into mm-hmm. your stuff, like like we have with Social Media Examiner. But we want you to share it everywhere, not just coordinated inside of just Facebook. So. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, Amanda really just said it all best. I probably couldn't have put it better myself. It is, you just don't want to put all your eggs in the Facebook basket. Um, I think Facebook's going to have to look at it knowing that when you look at social shares and interactions, Facebook is pretty much the biggest, Facebook and Instagram um, are pretty much the biggest social channels. So they know they're going to be high up the list of you know, distribution and, and where people share content and where people engage with content, just because the uh, amount of monthly active users is so much higher compared to Twitter, for example, or to LinkedIn. So I think this is going to really negatively affect people that rely on that kind of viral content on Facebook. Yes. Um, for those media publishers that, you know, all their all their web impressions come from Facebook, they're going to have to really start putting a lot more effort into other channels because it's that if there is that kind of um, clip gap, then their story, well, their content's not going to be as, you know, ranking as, as highly in the newsfeed because Facebook's going to see that as, as a flag, as, as an indicator of, you know, less valuable content compared to other pieces that, you know, are more level in terms of the links from Facebook versus other external links. It, it's built off something that's pretty similar to Google's page rank, um, assessing websites based on, uh, the number of links and, and trying to map the wider internet uh, compared to the impact and, and the traction that that link sees in Facebook, for example. Now, think think about it this way. Facebook has a limited amount of inventory for any content to be shown. And with that limited amount of inventory, if they can reduce the amount of low-quality viral posts that are showing up in the newsfeed based on how the algorithm works now and replace that with a higher quantity of quality content, then it's going to be a better user experience and a more trusted user experience by all. And the trust factor is a really, really big hot topic for Facebook right now. So, I, and not just for Facebook, for all of us, I think, right. I think they're making the right move by trying to put a bit of a cap on the really trying to take measures to increase quality content that's going to be flowing through our news feeds. All right. Right. So the next part of this update was focused on groups. So Facebook is limiting the reach of in the newsfeed of groups that repeatedly share content that's been raised as being problematic or not very trustworthy to, to your point, Amanda. So they are now in this announcement. They also said that they will be holding group admins more accountable for the community's standards violations in their groups. So admins and moderator content violations, including member posts that have been approved, will be used as a stronger signal that the group violates Facebook standards. So it says to me that if you're running a group that kind of goes wild, (laughs) goes off the rails, (laughs) I should say, uh, you have a higher risk of it being taken down and then not being uh, promoted. So we're looking at, uh, you know, the 
the ability for users to, and then they also announced that users, once you leave a group, can, I guess, with a, it sounds like with a click of button, can remove all their posts and comments from a group after they leave. So tell us about your thoughts on that. Uh, just on that last comment that you said, being able to, when you leave a group, being able to remove all of your comments and content from that group, I think there's value in that because once you're removed from a group or if you've chosen to leave a group, uh, you can't, discussions can continue on and you don't have a say in that discussion. If your name is attached to that discussion, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't serve you very well. So I love the fact that it's giving a user more control over your data. And as far as the, the group, um, the quality and holding admins more accountable, I think it's going to help us create a more safer environment for all of us to be able to enjoy Facebook, especially groups where groups and the general newsfeed are, or sorry, in pages, they're kind I don't want to say they're held to different standards, but you can get away with more in a group right now. And I think that's trying to reduce that. Yeah, absolutely. And Facebook's putting more effort and more money and more time into the whole groups groups and private messaging, but definitely groups, yeah. and especially with their community summit this past year with trying to roll out new tools. And then uh, they're also rolling out an update to Messenger and Instagram, I guess, along those same lines. Uh, For Messenger, they're allowing, I guess, users can be verified and you can, and they're bringing in the verified badge into Facebook Messenger, which I, I haven't seen yet on Messenger. Have you guys seen this yet? Or is this something that they're... No, not yet. Not yet, not personally. Well, they're starting to roll it out. So hopefully (laughs) it's another check mark to chase. (laughs) Well, and it, it's good. it is good for transparency when you think about yeah. it because Messenger can you you don't have to have you don't have to be present on Facebook. You can just have Messenger and just use Messenger. And when it comes to transparency and making sure that you are you have more controls over how you're interacting with people, it becomes a more prominent platform for people to communicate on a regular basis. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, and also it helps, I guess it, it helps with that distinction between, you know, especially when there's parody brands, I, I'm thinking of parody yeah. ads that pop up that, you know, that you're actually talking to the actual yeah. brand and not the yeah. <laughs> parody yeah, brand. Definitely. And then on Instagram, this is a minor thing, but it also reduces, uh, they're looking to reduce the spread of posts that are inappropriate or go against the community mm-hmm. standards. They're saying that they're limiting these type of posts from being recommended in explore and hashtag pages. So yeah. if you have a, uh, whatever your brand may be. And I, 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 I want to take a step back and I want to say that like, we know that a majority of our listeners and readers and everything like th- this isn't really going to apply to you very much because yeah. I know we're all very smart marketers, but <laughs> we're, are smarters. That- we're smarters. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We're marketers. Hashtag. <laughs> yeah. And um, so uh, they are saying that you can still post whatever content mm-hmm. you want, I guess, but they're just not going to amplify it. So two new ways. This is something, this is again, part of their ongoing effort. And we wanted to bring attention to those handful of things that we think are relevant to our audience. Well, and again, this is a reminder that if you are doing things right as the marketer, most of these problems and most of these things that were just announced will not apply to you. Uh, (laughs) In fact, one of the things that that hit me was uh, Bella Vasta's group metaphor, where it's the backyard, the front yard, inside the house, all of that. And it, it comes to mind that the whole idea of if something goes wrong at your party, they're going to hold you as the host of the party a little more accountable now. 
So I, I love that. I love her analogy, how, you know, your Facebook page is, is the front of the house, the front door, people pass along the street and they can see what's going on on the outside. It's a very polite engagement in the backyard. That's where the barbecue is happening. That's where the party's going on, <laughs> but you have to be responsible for your guests. So if you're hosting that party, you need to take care of them as well. And that's what's happening with Facebook groups. They're making you as a, an admin more accountable to participating and keeping the quality there and rather yep. and not allowing you to create a group environment that, can foster an, an opportunity to violate the community standards. Uh, we have a question on Facebook of who decides what the community standards are, and that would actually be Facebook. So yes. they, have, <laughs> they have published uh, a series of their community standards. They're quite specific about what content is or is not allowed, how, I mean, they, they've published things on what type of data, what, what, what you can share, don't share. A lot of it is meet some controversy because, you know, there's some gray area there, but it is something that they are the ones that decide what that is. And speaking of which, they're actually started a global task force on becoming, on trying to be more responsible and they're getting more assistance from, I, I think, experts, uh, tech people that work in technology, people that work in privacy, people that work in security, government to uh, impact what these policies will be moving forward. So, yeah. It is Facebook that decides what's on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, ultimately, yeah. yes. There you go. Facebook Facebook makes the rules. Up till now, they've been policing the rules. Maybe not as great as they could be, and now they are putting some of that responsibility back yeah. to admins. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we've seen and we've seen that as far as ads go as well. Some responsibility. Oh, yeah. if you have bad advertising uh, practices. It can't. It can not only just affect the account that you're working on, but you as an advertiser with everything else that you touch. Right. All right. Absolutely. So our last update, the last thing we want to talk to you about was brand safety controls, including an inventory filter, speaking of ads, right? So Facebook introduced a new brand safety control uh, that allows advertisers to decide for themselves and control where their content can safe or their brand, their ads can safely run against. And this is mostly for outside of Facebook, uh, instant articles, audience network, and then the Facebook in-stream videos. So right now they're saying that they offer three levels of control. So limited maximum protection, similar to an opt-in category exclusion available today, standard inventory, which is moderate protection. And then there's full inventory, which is just like, Hey, go wild, put my ads on anything. Right. So, um, Absolutely. So, the, you know, what are your thoughts on this new advert? And this is something that they, this is similar to something they've rolled out recently, similar to ads running against content that doesn't align with the brand. Uh, the, I think they, I believe that they rolled out a tool to, to fix this right now, uh, to help with this, right? And so what are your thoughts on this new inventory filter and how it would work? for your clients. So I think this is, imagine this being like a profanity filter for where your ads can be shown. So right now you can have a profanity filter on, on your page to help you moderate where you can have it set to, you know, lower or, or higher, more strict. So it'll catch more words. Now imagine if your ads, if you are a brand that, um, if you're a very conservative brand and your ads are being shown uh, alongside content that is outside of Facebook's environment that has a high volume of profanity or is very offensive content or might be offensive to your organization or just really might not align with your organization, then think of this as like an, a, an advertising profanity filter where you can say, you know what, we really want to be really tight. We don't want to, we don't want to take any chances on being shown aligned with any other content that doesn't fit or yeah, medium, we're okay. We're a little more open or full inventory. Yeah. Just put her at anywhere. We don't care. It, it, we're fine with it. I think that's, 
that's they're giving you the ability to have more control over this because the tools in place currently where you can exclude certain <laughs> categories that you don't want to be seen with it's it's very clunky it's, it's not yeah. used effectively when they first came out with this news that i was instantly like wait didn't they already already roll this out but as we dug deeper we realized like you just said amanda that they implemented the clunky thing it wasn't yeah. as good as this is so this no. is great news Yes, yeah, this, this is really similar to Google because Google in their Google advertising, they have something pretty similar for the display network and on, on YouTube on where you place your content on what channels or on what websites. So it, it being you know limited, um, standard and full, this is going to be an, a kind of an opt out in the sense that it's going to by default, it's going to be standard. So there's going to be some level of protection in there, essentially. And, and then you can either obviously choose limited, which is going to be you know full kind of protection or just go full, as you said, go wild with it and then keep it open. <laughs> but I want my ads everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I want my ads everywhere. On the everywhere. Um, everywhere. And, and so really, it, it's, it's only going to impact if you're using those placement options. And because there's so many placement options, personally, uh, at the agency, we don't really use audience network at all because we haven't okay. found it to be as good a value compared to feeds. Um, the same with instant articles. Again, you know, we've always found feeds on Facebook and Instagram to be the best performing placements. They're the most expensive, yes. um, mm-hmm. but that's often yeah. because they deliver the best results. So right. you know, we just don't really, we don't touch the audience network at all. Um, haven't mm-hmm. run the test on it and haven't got the data on it. Uh, it, it it's good if you want um, some app install based clients so you know they're in the middle of playing let's say another game and you position your game app through a Facebook ad that's going to appear within that game essentially then that's great um, mm-hmm. but it's a really small use case uh, so I think only a very small percentage of advertisers will be even interacting with this new feature I think majority of people um, then that might not be using the placements so uh, they're not going to have too much engagement with which uh, category they choose. I think the biggest level of concern there is like the in-stream video ads, right? So these are the Mm. videos you see on Facebook, right? So if I'm watching something on Facebook watch and there's an ad that appears there, then I guess it would just knowing, and and I guess it would be about knowing the, what videos or what type or what to expect, what to expect from those videos. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a very much like in the wild placement at the moment um, because it, it is it is pretty new. And mm-hmm. again, it's kind of people are people are somewhat used to it because of YouTube. Um, obviously, they've right. got their uh, pre and mid roll as well and, and things like that. So it will be interesting to see uh, because we know that and, and you, you run the data at Social Media Examiner that um, video engagement is much lower on Facebook compared to YouTube. And mm-hmm. so, you know, is having an in-stream placement, you know, is that the wisest ad option? You know, are you going to get good engagement from it? Uh, knowing mm-hmm. that you're, you're just, it, it's again, it's like instant articles that they're consuming content that they're already interested in by you interrupting them. Mm-hmm. Um, is that going to benefit them? And that's obviously where it comes into, you know, your targeting and what you're positioning and, and things like that and your messaging around it. But you've really got to look at, as long as you're adding benefit to users, then the advertising is fine. But if you're, you know, you're not going to see great engagements from it if you're just kind of misaligning your positioning around it and and, and not creating good ads ultimately. Absolutely. Advertisers are putting a lot of trust in the hands of Facebook to manage and deliver their ads in, a, in an appropriate way. We don't have a ton of control over how that works. And now this, this is one move that's taking us one step closer to gaining a little bit more control. 
and keeping everybody yeah. happy, both sides happy. Yeah. And, it, and it is difficult, like you said, um, with the new speed placements, those perform really well, but they're also very expensive. So especially with people who are just starting out with Facebook ads, um, doing all placements, putting their, their ads everywhere, may not even have awareness that their ads are being shown in alignment with things that do not align with their brand whatsoever. So these are good, good safety measures that I think are being put in place to keep both parties happy. Yeah. It's like going to the movie theater and having like an R-rated horror yes. film in front of my G or PG rated yeah. thing, which yes. has happened to, to me with my kids, by the way. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Living that PG 13 life. Anyway. <laughs> I, I ran up to the movie theater screen and was clicking hide ad really quickly. <laughs> wipe, wipe, yeah. Wipe. yeah. Where's the skip ad button? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> You have to wait four seconds. <laughs> oh <my goodness. laughs> well, uh, guys, it, it's been great. Amanda and Charlie, it's been great having you here. You've had great insight. You guys have to come back on the show again. Uh, we want everybody to go check out every single link of all this news, as well as the links to your stuff over on the Saturday article for this show. So again, socialmediaexaminer.com slash news, I believe is what that link is. Right, Grace? Or am I yes. mistaken? Yes, that's right. So, uh, but Amanda, thanks for being here as usual. Awesome job. And Charlie, great to see you. And thanks for being here. Thank you so much. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Thanks, everyone. See ya. Bye. Bye. Anywho, we've got a couple other little pieces of news that we want to get through real quickly here. And let's see. Uh, I think I'm starting, correct? No, I'm starting. You're starting. (laughs) Go. Go. So dark mode is now an official messenger setting global available globally. A month ago, uh, they launched an Easter egg. How fitting that um, you could send a little crescent moon in your messenger and all these moons come down and it's magical experience. And suddenly you get dark mode and you can switch from the day mode to dark mode. And now they have activated this for everyone. So you can check that out. So to find this, you simply tap on your profile photo in Messenger, access your settings, and then toggle the dark mode switch, and it goes from the white screen to the black screen. So happy night messaging, I guess. <laughs> or day messaging. I love dark mode no matter what time of day it is. It doesn't drain <laughs> battery as much, and it's just easier on the eyes. There yes, you. it really is. Eric, easier on the eyes. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Anyways. Anyway, next up, Facebook is testing a combined news story and news feed post carousel. This is something that they are experimenting. It's a way of combining your regular news feed posts and then stories posts into one swipeable hybrid carousel unit. TechCrunch reports that this is uh, possible. This will possibly be a new way to navigate news feed posts, but it is still according to Facebook, in the very early stages and still requires a bit of research. So the company is not currently testing this publicly, but we wanted to mention it because it is a note of things possibly to come. So we know that they're trying to push stories. I see stories all the time in my feed and up at the top and everywhere. And hopefully uh, more people will do stories because right now I have a very set group of people that do stories. So I see the same stories all day long, but like they're fabulous stories. Don't stop. But 
hopefully we'll, we'll, uh, we'll see more of this, right? Yes. So, yep. Next up, uh, Facebook is introducing three new 3D photo options, stories, web slash desktop upload and Android support. First one is uh, 3D image options. You'll be able to post 3D images to stories as well as 3D images from your desktop as well as from the iPhone dual camera devices. And they're adding 3D image creations for Android. And then uh, I think, uh, oh, and then the other piece of news here, and I do expect to hear something about this uh, from Fate. Facebook confirmed it is working on a voice assistant to rival Apple's Siri and Amazon's A-L-E-X-A. You're welcome for not setting your device off. I, we don't really have much more details than that other than they've been working on it since early 2018. It's mm-hmm. now early-ish 2019 and F8 is around the corner. I kind of hope we'll hear more about it then. But again, speaking of F8, in two weeks, we have a show that will be reporting about all the F8 news. Most likely it will be one big Facebook blowout show. And we do already have one and only Facebook queen, Mari Smith, booked for that show as our guest. So stay tuned for that episode. That is our show. Before we go, I want to say thank you to Grace Duffy. That's you, Grace, for being our <laughs> show. In case you didn't know, uh, for being a co-producer and co-host, and today even host for a lot of the show. And- <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thank you for being my voice of moral support. You're and welcome. thank you for thank you for uh Charlie Lawrence and Amanda Robinson for being able to join us from their far corners of the world today on our show. I mean, it was uh, I learned a ton. I mean, I came mm-hmm. in here with like I, I told I was telling them at the beginning of the show, like, I know nothing, you need to come teach me. And they certainly have. So hopefully you've learned a lot as well from them. And I really hope to have them on again soon because that was a lot of fun. It was a ton of fun. Great job to both of you. Thank you again for being here. And again, make sure to get this show on your calendar by going to socialmediaexaminer.com slash live show, where you can also subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and new episodes drop every Monday in case you can't make the live show on Fridays. And uh, the society, this show is brought to you by the society, and you need to go check it out. You need to join us, join the society by going to socialmediasociety.info and uh, also join our tweet chat every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, where we talk about a lot of these things that we talk about in this very show. We break it down even more and talk with you about it, not just the experts, although oftentimes the experts are the guests. So again, SME chat, hashtag tag SME chat, 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific every Wednesday. And uh, with that, we'll see you next week and have a great weekend. And we will see you on the next episode. Thank you, everyone. Bye. The Social Media Marketing Talk Show is a Social Media Examiner production. For more social media insight, visit socialmediaexaminer.com. If you're like so many fellow marketers and creators and entrepreneurs, you're probably wondering, how do I put AI to work? Well, be sure to listen to the AI Explored podcast, a new show from Social Media Examiner hosted by yours truly, Michael Stelzner. Again, check out the AI Explored podcast.